Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them, including a special series with narrator Shane East. The Audiobook Lovin' Podcast is brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Thrilled to have author Christy Bromberg with us today. Welcome, Christy, to Audiobook Lovin'. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. How are you? Doing well, thank you. It's Tuesday uh, as we're recording this, um, and I'm hoping that the rest of the week goes as well as everything else has been going so far, so that's always a good thing. There's still four days left, <laughs> or three days left. I know. <laughs> yeah, if this stays on the episode on Friday... It went well. I'm like, that's pretty <laughs> I edited it out. <laughs> well, I think sometimes you just have to be that optimistic and hope that it sticks. You do. You, know? you don't really have a choice yeah. nowadays. Exactly. Otherwise, it'd be very dark and gloomy. And even the best of audiobooks wouldn't be able to get us in a gloomy Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, and how you became an author? Um, I, my name is Christy. Um, my pen name is K period Bromberg. So still Christy. Um, I, how did I start? You know, my mom called me one day and said, Christy, there's this book you need to read about this guy named Christian. Um, and so <laughs> I met Christian. And then after I met Christian, I decided to start to keep reading because I had three kids under the age of five at that time. Um, I was, bored, not bored, but I just needed mental stimulation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then I started reading, you know, Jody Ellen and Ray Miller and Sylvia Day. And I was reading these people who were like everyday people like me who like took a chance. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it. And unbeknownst to me, I could actually do it. So that was, geez, that was seven years ago. And I was one of the lucky ones who my first series took off and did really well. And since then, I'm just trying, I'm always trying to live up to that first series with every book I write. But yeah, so this is after the first year, uh, I quit my, my real job. And now this is my job. So it's pretty insane to do something you love. And it's pretty surreal to know people enjoy it. Yeah, I got to meet you at a book convention here in our, I think it was in Orlando. Yep. It was so much fun to see everybody kind of like go, oh my God, it's Kate Romberg. <laughs> I was like, who are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> that must be that feel, you know, when you first, the, the first event that you went to, was that kind of feeling like, you're here for me? Yeah, like, how was, was that first was event for you? It was actually Book Bash in Orlando was the first yes. really big, and the irony is that I wasn't really invited originally. And people kept asking the the person who put it on if they, if I could go. So then I went and, you know, it's like my first big signing and I'm looking at all these giants around me going, Oh my God. And the person who put the show, the, the book signing on walks up to me at one point and she goes, you realize like the lines wrapped around the building for you. And I'm like, what? Or like wrapped around the room for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So for me, I mean, that was just like in the major throes of like the driven series. That was really insane, but I think the coolest part about it for me was my parents came to the signing to watch my kids because we went to Florida, like to, um, the parks afterwards and like to look up and see my parents like seeing that was super cool for me because it was like, oh my God, can you believe this? <laughs> so I know that romance tends to be um, sometimes given a bad you know, it's taboo or you were like, no, sh sh like I write romance, but sh don't tell anybody kind of thing. Your parents, they saw you at the book signing. They, they know that you're writing. Do they know exactly what it is that you write? My mom's the first one to read all my books. 
And then she oh. calls me and says, Christy, <laughs> come on. They need to be a little bit dirtier. Um, oh, no. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So my mom, oh. <laughs> my parents are super supportive. Yeah. Um, like, even like in, in like everyday, I shouldn't say everyday life, but like a lot of people don't know what I do. Because it's not like mm-hmm. when you do walk up like, hey, you know, I'm a New York Times best, you know, like, come on, that's lame. Um, so a lot of people just think I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, and so when they find out what I do, they kind of like do a double take because I, it's just not like, I guess if they're friends with me on Facebook, but other than that, like, I don't really talk about it. So it's just kind of a, like, it's two different lives. It's weird. It's so cool that your parents know and oh, yeah. that your mom is such a supporter yeah <laughs> usually be like I don't want my mom oh no my parents are super cool like when I published driven only three people knew that I'd written it so um and my mom was one of them so yeah no my parents I'm really close with my parents so not a big deal and all your titles are within the contemporary genre yes pretty much what is it about that genre that you love so much that you write well, in one it? is what the biggest one people read so as a business person you look and see what you know what people read and then you write to that to that genre but for me um I love making you fall in love with people that normally you wouldn't um like I have one series where she's a madam and I knew it was gonna be really really hard to convince women to like her um but to me that's fun to peel back the layers and show hey she's a real person and there's reasons why she does this and it's not what your first impression is um and same with the men. Like I love writing complicated men, um, the ones that you kind of hate to love, but then you just can't help but love them. To me, that's um, really fun. It's, it's a challenge to me. Uh, but con- as far as contemporary romance, like who doesn't like to escape? Who doesn't like to have that swoony feeling and the f- flutters and their stomach? And, you know, when the book ends, you're like, oh my God, but did they live happily? You know, I know they said happily ever after, but like what's next? Um, so for me, those are like the pages I escaped into as a kid. And I love being able to create that world for someone else too. And do you get your readers and listeners that are asking after the fact, like you, we have, we got our happily ever after, but they're like, okay, but what happened next? Yeah. I, I never, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I always say never say never. Like I'll never say that I won't go back and write a book um, about mm-hmm. a couple. But for me, if I finish a book, like, cause my books run pretty long. Um, if I finish a book, it's because I'm happy with where I put them. I'm, I won't finish a book if I'm not like, for instance, crashed was like twice the length of a normal book because to me there was too much to button up and I didn't want to cut something out. So I wanted to make sure everything was in there, but yeah, I always get that. And to me, that just shows the signs of like that I did my job and that people fell in love with the characters enough that they care about what's next for them. And sometimes it's not even the main characters that you get these requests from. Have you gotten some of these requests of like, is so-and-so who's a secondary? Yeah. I always write really um, funky best friends, like out, (laughs) you know, just kind of off the wall, crazy, like girl best friends. So I always get asked to write about those characters. And the funny thing is like with the Driven series, which was my first series, I did four spinoff books with four different characters out of it. And then people didn't like them. Like the one in particular, Hattie, she's very outgoing. She's kind of in your face and you love her. But then you have to realize people aren't like that all the time. Like in books, you're getting snip. I should, I talk like she's real. Jeez. Um, no, you're fine. We do that all the time. You know, you get, you get <laughs> the best snippets of, of her in the Driven series. And then you see that like she has a real life and she's not always on. And so for some people at first, it was hard to see her as not always being like in your face. But I think that's part of like, deconstructing a character so that readers can 
build them back up in their head with their own story. So I don't know. Yeah. But that's, I think that's a compliment to an author when you want more of little people they saw glimpses of, because it means you showed their characters were strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's part of the conversation we've had with um, like with narrators about voicing the side characters and then having them pop up again is that, you know, we see them, only from the perspective of the character that's speaking at the Correct. moment. And so for them to not, you know, to not to be always on is a given. Yeah. This is how we see them, the bubbly best friends, exactly. not knowing that she has OCD for an example, when she gets home and, <laughs> you know, or that she needs to do this and that to cope with other stuff. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of see these different perspectives when we get these other characters in a series and we just discover new things. Since you do focus mostly on contemporary romance, is there another subgenre of romance that you've been wanting to try out or would like to? I would love to do romantic suspense. That's kind of what, I mean, I grew up with like Sidney Sheldon, like he was like, I love reading Sidney Sheldon growing up. So for me, I would love to like have more something like that tied into romance. Um, mm-hmm. But then I question like, could I really pull it off? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like romantic suspense and sometimes I have to stop because they're getting shot at or something very dangerous is happening. And then they're looking at each other with like googly eyes and yeah. they're like, you guys are about to make out, right? Yeah. Oh my God, really? And so, like, that's not going to fly for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, can we hold a little bit until the bullets stop yeah, flying exactly. by, you know, but it's always interesting to see how the character, the author creates that world and kind of sees okay what hot mess are you going to put these couple these couples in to be from a susp- yeah, you know, suspense exactly. perspective and then how are you adding that romance into it because i'm like oh okay this will be interesting for me it's an interesting ride yeah exactly you know sometimes i don't know <laughs> if my brain will handle that but yeah so i was looking at your audible list according to audible and i always say that because sometimes they're how they link things is a little off but it's saying that you currently have 30 titles in audio it's about right Okay. So what made you decide to put your book titles in audible, in audio format? Well, when I first started, I didn't know, like I first did, um, I had a company approach me about doing driven. They just said they produced Mm -hmm. the driven series. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm new to this. They came, you know, I knew audiobooks were starting to become big. Um, and so I said, of course. And then, um, after talking to some of my fellow author friends, like Warren Blakely for one, who we all know and love, uh, you know, she's like, why don't you produce them yourself? So um, then I got more involved in the process and was able like, not produce them myself, but pick the narrators, have an outside company, produce them, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And um, so then I started doing that, which I think is cool because you have more hands on with it. Like I didn't really get mm-hmm. to pick much with Driven, but I think audiobooks are just massive. Like our day-to-day life is so crazy Sometimes you don't get to, you're not able to sit down with the book and just have two hours to yourself, but you could have two hours to yourself in between your kids' soccer practices while they're on the field, you know, um, or in your walk, taking a walk to get some exercise, you can listen. So for me, I think it's just a natural progression and it's such a huge market. Anyone would be, would not, I don't want to say stupid, but would be, would be amiss if they didn't try and take advantage of this new push your readership through audio. Mm-hmm. So now that you're basically creating these audiobooks on your own and you're having the whole process of more control, how do you go about casting the, your titles? Well, I base, I mean, honestly, there's, there's the set narratives that everybody loves and those are the hard ones to get mm-hmm. a hold of. And you just kind of have to, 
I've learned that I have to be far enough in advance on scheduling to get them. Um, because that's not, they're, they're so busy. It's insane. I mean, it's awesome for them, but, um, I know, you know, I know there's some voices that I think are better suited for sports heroes or some that are better for like the sexy businessmen. And so then I just kind of pick who I think fits the, fits the role. Um, and ironically, like, I think the women narrators are very important, but I think women readers, it's the male narrators that are, that are the big draw. At first, I think now they, they care about the female narrators too. Like when I first started, it was mostly the male narrators that they were looking at, but now they mm-hmm. look at the whole package because they're, they read, they listen to audiobooks so much nowadays. It's like they have their preferences. They don't like how this narrator does this or that. So, um, you know, it's just to find a good mix to me. I try, like I have a four book series I'm doing right now and I'm just trying to mix up all, you know, the different males and females and, and make different combinations, mm-hmm. um, that will have the biggest draw. Well, I think that going back a little bit to that whole, the female narrators versus, not versus, but yeah. in comparison to the male narrators, as far as the listeners goes. And it's something that I've said for a while now. It's like, it's not that we don't like them or we prefer the males, but we're really putting ourselves as a listener in the, the female heroine's shoes. And so it's one of those where we kind of, we become the narrator. And so this is where if the narrator is really, really good, we're like, wait, was that, it was it me or was it Emma? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For an example. Um, but now I think that because we're spending so much more time in audio and also I am personally, and I think a lot of us are more making a more conscientious effort to realize that the love needs to be equal to both the yeah, male exactly. and the females, that it's, it's becoming a bit more like, oh, okay, well, so-and-so sounds better or sounds really good when paired with exactly. Emma Wilder, you know, or, you know, we've had other narrators that we've listened to a lot lately. So let's mix it up a bit and add someone new to the mix. And so that's, I think, where it's important to have that casting ability to be able to mix and, and match. And it's great because, you know, it used to, Andy aren't used to just be everywhere because she used to be the only like well-known female narrator. And I love that so many new people have been introduced and, and are part of the the um, game now because it gives us so many choices of these great female. I mean, and let's face it, they're not just narrators, they're actors. I mean, they act oh, out yeah. everything. Um, and it's funny, I can't listen to my own audiobooks just because they sound different to me. But I noticed recently in the past, um, like five or six books, now I can listen to the whole audiobook because I like learned, I think it's a, something you have to learn. Um, but I can see, totally see the appeal now. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm busy, but I want to read a book. So well, let's listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, a lot of the authors have said that it's hard for them to listen to their own words, um, be read right back to them. Especially, Especially certain scenes. Scenes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's particular certain scenes, but when you're part of the, when you don't, when you're the producer and you, you're doing the whole process by yourself, you kind of have to make, you know, I mean, you can have a proofer, but usually the first round is that first time around, you, the author tends to be the one that makes sure that everything's included. And in yeah. like that. so I know that you do and have listened to the books that you've written as of late. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you sometimes go like, oh, that, that's awesome. They did a great job. Yeah. Like all the oh, time. Yeah. I did. A, um, <laughs> uh, I had a book faking it. Um, and is it Rupert ever? I can't think of, I can't think of who he did it. But he was Australian accent, and I didn't realize when I, I didn't think of this when I wrote the scene, but there's a Greek accent, an Italian accent, a Hispanic accent, 
and then Australian accent, like four men talking because they're from all over Mm -hmm. the world. And he literally interchanged like every single line for like five pages. And I was just blown away at like how incredible he did. It was like, that was like my first time I ever was like, holy crap, like that was incredible. Um, and so I think that was my wake up call to how incredible like they are with their voices and how they, they're actors. Yeah. Rupert Channing. Yes. Rupert Channing. So. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. He's, um, he's great. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too. There's several different types of narration styles when it comes down to the audiobooks. You have some narrators that are true performers and it's almost like you end up almost like watching a play in front of you as they're performing exactly. it. And there's some that literally read it to you really well. I had to mentally prepare myself when I'm going into one of those books where it's just being read to me to be like, okay, it's just going to be read to me. And then I yes. know some other ones I'm going, oh yeah, Emma's in this one or Vanessa's in this one and I'm going exactly. to performance. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. We were, um, you had mentioned the accents. When you're now writing these books, knowing that they're going to be in audio, are you being more conscientious about adding things like accents and other characteristics that are more vocal versus just, you know, it, what we may think as we're reading it? You know, I, I write the book just how I'm going to write the book. I usually don't mention accents much. Like I, I, but I know like the one I'm writing right now is a British hero. So I'm like, okay, you know, Shane, definitely Shane, you know, like, <laughs> because I had a book with him last year and I, I didn't even like someone, they, the people I was working with booked him and I didn't even put two and two together that, the, that my book was not a British hero. Like, and so like he asked, like, why did you pick me for this book? <laughs> And then I realized like, oh my God, like he has to do the whole book in an American accent. And so we just ended up switching him out. Like he was like, I'm totally fine backing out and get you having someone else. And it worked wonderfully, but it was like, I felt like such an idiot because it never even crossed my mind. Like, oh, <laughs> you're English. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is such a good narrator that when we have those conversations of like, we sometimes forget when it comes down to those accents because they can yeah. do so many ones and we're going, yeah, I love how Shanice does it. Oh, that's right. He's not a British character. So instead. <laughs> exactly. But are you now thinking of, do you have a favorite accent that you would like to go, Ooh, that would be good if a character had that accent. I don't think so. I think they're mm-hmm. all sexy in their own ways. <laughs> I mean, it makes, it's the hero that makes them sexy. I've heard, you know, some great accents with some crappy, some cracky, crappy characters that I don't like. So I think it's, you have to be in love with the, the character too, which helps with the accent. I mean, I thought Rupert did a great job for the Australian accent. I was like, wow, hello. But I mean, it wasn't really an accent to him. It's him. So yeah, I, I don't have like a preference. I think every, I think all the male narrator voices are hot. Yeah. There are some good ones out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can always just check out the Twitter feeds to figure out which one's hopping exactly. at the moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's okay. Is this is like one of the okay, today's Wednesday? Like, for example, is this going to be a Jacoby day? Is it going to be a Connor day, or is it going to be a nice mix of everybody and Joe and Gene exactly? Too? Exactly. So, yeah, it's all fun. I love it when they get going. So you have a new project kind of starting the KB World. Yes. So, one can you tell us a little bit about that project? So, since I've started this I've had a lot of people ask if they could write like uh kind of like fan fiction with with the driven series uh and so I never really thought about it I just was like no you can't and then I I kind of took a step back and I watched some of the other worlds coming about and I realized like when I started I had no information like I was clueless on what to do and how to do it and so I thought why not let 
and, and, and I should back, take a step back. You know, when I started, the market was completely different than it is now. Um, the market's really saturated now, which is good for, you know, for, for authors. And it's also bad in, in a different sense. To me, this is kind of like my pay it forward. Um, I was very successful and had a lot of luck meet circumstance. And I, so why not give a platform that's already established to new authors to get visibility and to hopefully give them some, a built-in readership who's already in love with the characters. They, I have two worlds that they can write in, which is one is my driven series or one's my everyday hero series, which is um, first responders. And um, they basically are just writing a book with either in, in the same world, as far as, you know, there's one of my characters in there or they're in the same city and they, you know, have a party with, you know, some, some are more interactive, some are less interactive. Um, but it's just a way to keep the world, the worlds alive, uh, without me personally writing in them and a way for, to give new authors a chance that maybe they'll get more visibility that they that they might not. So are they creating a brand new character that happens to be a friend of one of your characters yes. for an example? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, readers are very protective of, of my driven series. And so I've, you know, people that are writing in the driven world, I'd like, look, if you're going to have Colton, who's my main hero in your books, like you need to make sure it's right because you're going to get a lot of Ooh, feedback. Yeah. Um, and so like, for me, that's why I, I, I opened the driven world to write in because that's what I'm most known for. Um, but I've said, you know, everyday heroes might be the easier one because there's so many variations you can do. Uh, but yeah, some have like, a passing at a party. Some have, you know, him in a couple chapters, um, but it's basically the setup of the same world or some have um, in the driven series, there's a corporate cares, which is like a orphanage home, you know, people that work there. So, so we see snippets of my characters and my world, but it's not the whole book. It's, it's encompassed in it. So it's exciting. It's um, a lot more work than I thought it was going to be, but it's super exciting. And, um, I have like Friday live chats with them all where I answer questions and I'm pretty, I mean, I, I'm pretty upfront with them. Like, Hey, this is my experience. That doesn't mean it's the answer and it's not, doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but just so you can form your own opinion, like here's my answers to your questions. Um, so it's been fun. It's been, um, a lot of realizing how fortunate I was when I started this process and a lot, it, it's made me feel good to be able to help other authors who might not get a chance. And that is so awesome too, because I think sometimes we live in a world where things are very much set up to be a competition and not trying to, and even though the author, you know, the romance land and the authors and even the narrators are such great, it's a, such a great community where they are helping each other out. But sometimes yes. you don't have the best experiences when you're a brand new author or when you still haven't been able to get into something that you've been wanting to get into. So the fact that you're providing this opportunity is so awesome. Well, and I, I thank you. And I, and I really love how many people in the book community, like vendors and people that, that I work with, like on the side have come forward and been like, Hey, look at, I want to offer discounts of my services, or I want to give them services that, no that normally we would turn down because they're like such a new author. So to me, that's been really cool as access that they've been given to things that usually only established authors are given. So for me, that's like been the bright spot is how to watch this whole community kind of help all these authors. And um, it's just, it's been cool. It's been just a good experience all around. How do you go about selecting the authors to be part of this world? That was a hard one for me because I don't want to say no to anyone, but I did. Because for me, I always feel like if someone would have read my first draft of Driven, they would have been like, see ya, 
like you, you can't write. Um, so I did a lot of, uh, everyone who applied, I had a team who checked out, um, their social media. They read the, all the samples on their, um, Amazon books. Some just downloaded a book and read the whole thing. Uh, and anyone that was said no to then came to me and then I went through them. And to me, it was more, uh, you know, if I read your sample on Amazon and there are a million errors and there's no, not even formatting, but like there's no structure there, I, then I'm probably going to say no. And I'm going to say, Hey, look, I really appreciate maybe if you come back, you know, if you work on this and come back, I have no problem, but I needed something quality. Like I needed to see that there's potential there. Cause I don't, I think anyone can tell a story, but it's hard to like, say, this is how you write a story. Um, and so I was kind of looking for that. I was kind of looking just to see, Hey, more than just stringing sentences together, but can you create in that? Can you give me a feeling in those first 10 pages? Like what I'm going to expect from you. And plus the whole package is your cover look decent. You know, does your, does it look well put together? And, and I'm not talking like monetary, like it doesn't have to be a custom photo shoot, but more just what's your packaging look like? So it was hard. I mean, we had like 300 people apply. Wow. Um, I have currently, I had to think I have like 200 books contracted. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been quite an experience. So the first, yeah, the first set of them launches uh, August 13th. That's a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> That's great though. It's a lot of opportunities and I think it's going to be a lot of, um, even for the readers to discover, new authors exactly and that's what i'm hoping for yeah well we fall in love with you guys and your style and it's the same thing for the audiobooks when we fall in love with the narrators and we kind of want to stick with that individual because of the feelings like you were saying yeah. that they give us when we're reading slash listening to them kind of a thing and so the idea that they're part of your world now and we we know and trust you and your writing style and they were you know they were put selected also that oh yeah, I'm going to check this one out, even though I've never heard of them before. Yeah. And, and like I, and I tell them all the time, like I picked you, but it's your job to sell yourself. Like if, if a reader opens it and, and because I don't do any editing on it, like they turn it in. So if they turn it in and there's a bunch of errors, like when I read it, I'm like, look, you can, you have the chance to re-edit this like right now, or I can publish it like this. So this is on you. Like, it's kind of like that tough love moment of, yeah, I'm giving you the, the platform what are you going to do with it? So, you know, I try and like, I don't know how they're all going to turn out. Cause I mean, the ones I, some of the ones I read are great, but it's one of those, like I'm holding my breath too, hoping that everyone <laughs> loves them. Well, it, it's one of the other thing too, that when it comes down to the readers and the listeners, um, whether we like something or not, it's an opinion. And there's so many things out there. This is also why there's so many subgenres because there's something for everybody. Exactly. And there's, there's been books that people have loved and I'm going, really? <laughs> I'm going exactly, well, it's yeah. not my cup of tea and then there's been books that I've loved and they're going really and I'm going yeah this is why <laughs> and stuff exactly. like that so there's a, a lot of you know there's so many opportunities and I think that it's, it's good to have that tough love I know I've had to do that too with sometimes when I've met a new author a new narrator and I'm like I think you need to fix the editing a little bit you know yeah. or well if, I mean know, for instance like when I published Driven I didn't know how track changes and word worked like no one ever taught me. I just thought, okay. So when I published Driven, like I made all the changes, but I didn't accept all. Mm. So when I published it, like oh. I published all of the errors. And then I saw someone like left a review saying like this person, this great book, but there's tons of errors. And so then I realized what I did and I had to go back and, and redo it. But I, I, those to those, to this day, those reviews are still there. And that's what I try and tell them. Like, 
you would rather have me tell you and oh, be yes. embarrassed that I tell you than have a review that you can't take back that's there forever. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Would these titles be potentially eventually coming over to audio? Um, we are, we are shopping audio. I have a, I have one right now that's been purchased, um, lead player by Alex Grayson. And then the other ones, my, my agent took on the entire world and is shopping to audio for us. So, um, hopefully we'll have more coming soon. Yay. I'm excited about that. Some of the, I had talked to a few of my friends and they're like, ask, ask her if they're coming yeah. to audio. I'm like, I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, already, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Well, I just think that because it's so popular nowadays that yeah. the question now is great. You're releasing it is a, a, is a simultaneous release where you're releasing exactly. the back in ebook at the same time as the audio, or will it be eventually released? Yeah. And, and with audio being so slow when you upload it now, you never know. Oh my like God, yes. my next one, I'm planning to have a simultaneous, but just depending on literally how long it takes them to process it, it may mm -hmm. not. Yes. So we were re briefly talking about your first series, Driven. And I think that one of the th biggest things that most authors, like a goal is, oh, it'd be great if they missed this, was made into a movie or a TV show. Yours was via a passion flicks. How was that process of working with them and getting selected? Yeah, it was actually pretty incredible. Um, I, I don't care what anyone says, like, oh, you know, if it's not going to be the movie theaters, I don't care. It is still cool as hell. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, you know, some of it, some of that comes from a little bit of jealousy that someone else's book wasn't picked. But at the end of the day, like, you know, in my head, I, t I took the deal in my, in my head with the thought of, I have a six year old series that you're going to take and make a movie of, and you're basically going to give, pay me to make a marketing video uh, and revive an old series. And so I went into it thinking it wasn't going to be that great. The experience would be cool. I wasn't sure how the product was going to be, but in the end, how many people get the chance to do this? And I was blown away, surprised by the experience and how receptive they were to making the movies exactly like the books. Um, the, you know, there was one time we came on the set and I, we, the set, the shot, the shooting was 17 days and I was there for 15 of them. So I was there a lot. Um, you know, I came on set one day and the wardrobe lady was like, in the book, you have Riley sports bra be two inches thick. I can only find that's one inch thick. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, uh, yeah, because they were so afraid that readers were going to notice the, any differences and like be upset by them. Well, it's different when they do things, but I don't think that would have been it, but I love the fact that yeah. they were thinking about it. You know, yeah. it was, it was, that's so cool. You, so you were there for all fifth for the 15 days. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, and like when we got the screenplays, I got to go back through them and, I really struggled with cutting some of those alpha male Colton lines that were like some of the most quoted lines of the book. But when you go to translate to, to movies, it just sounded cheesy. Um, <laughs> like I think on the, I had them highlighted forever. And then on the fifth run through the script, I was like, we're cutting them all. And she's like, you're going to what? And I'm like, it's going to come off horrible. And I'm so glad I did uh, because you had the same feel, but man, if he would have, my, I looked at it as I would rather have someone watch the whole movie and go, wait, she cut that line, then watch the first five minutes and go, oh my God, I'm turning it off. That was cheesy. True. And some things, it's, it's hard to, what we, we, what we see and read in print and then have it be done in quote unquote real life, like a movie, it could be like, dude, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
but that was um so how, from you from a, from the author's perspective how cool was that for you to be seeing your characters be portrayed in front of you and your lines and stuff like that it was insane i remember the first time the male the male um actor walked in as colton and it and started i just had it was insane like i just kept watching i had tears in my eyes i mean it was real so yeah it was definitely like i said for the experience alone mm -hmm. i would never take that back we were talking about uh, the narratives in the audiobooks if you could pick one person male or female to narrate your life who would it be Ew. <laughs> I'm just curious. Oprah. <laughs> she would probably make sound like even the most chaotic thing in life happened really sound like so sound, peaceful. Sound, right? Yeah, like exactly. You know, and my like, life is super chaotic, and I would want to hide that the, yeah. <laughs> the, the scatteredness that I am. So I'd be like, I need Oprah. She'll make me sound like I'm centered and calm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think we all kind of sometimes need uh, that that voice that says, yeah. you know, I'm going batshit crazy right now, but in the end, it you will turn know. out fine. Yeah. So today we're going to start a new game with our guests that I gave you heads up notice just so we knew we could be prepared, but um, it's a two truths and a lie. So this game is where I have my guests share three, you know, tell me three things of which two are truths and one's a lie. And I have to figure out which one's a lie. And I thought it would be kind of cool for the listeners to kind of play along with me. And as we're, you know, trying to figure this out and then see how it goes. So do you have your two truths and a lie ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, man. Two truths and a lie. I have to think to make sure I say the right way. <laughs> um, I was asked to play for the Olympic softball team when I was 16. Um, I have cage dived with great white sharks. I have never lived anywhere but Southern California. Oh my God. Hmm. Those are all three very interesting concepts. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're like totally random. I know they're so random, but at the same time, potentially all can be truths. Yep. Okay. So we have a see Olympic team at 16 cage, cage diving with sharks and or only lived in South California. I don't know. I kind of want to say that a truth would be about the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So that's the truth. Yay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, you seem very sporty. And I think I've seen some of the pictures in the past yeah. where you like to do the sports stuff, which also then yeah. also leads me to believe that you are the adventurous type to potentially go into <laughs> to a cage and do sharks. But I don't know. Oh, goodness. I'm going to go with that that's the truth. Nope. Oh, okay. I'm terrified of sharks. <laughs> I think there's going to be one in my pool drain. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. So that is the lie. All right. Yep. Huh. Okay. So you've only lived. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. That's why I'm like, mm, author likes to do things. It's adventures in her books, but that does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good way to think about things differently next time I ask someone. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, I hope that you guys had fun and trying to figure out which one was the truth, the lie of amongst the truth, and also got to know Christy a little bit better from that perspective. Now we know that she does not like sharks. No. No. So you don't watch Shark Shark Week at all then, do you? I'll watch it. Oh, okay. I just don't like it. <laughs> do you go to the beach and kind of swim out in the open waters? Yeah. Not for your... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I do I... it for my kids. <laughs> well, I think I... I'm a I think I'm a really good meal, so I don't <laughs> want to be too far out there. Well, I do know that sometimes when I, I know someone that is like, oh, hell no. And we're not even like tiptoes into the waters because they've seen it where they've come into the, the you know, uh -huh. the shoreline and you're going, nope, not risking it. And I'm going, okay. As I waddle out there and I'm going, wee, into the yeah. ocean. <laughs> so before we go, why don't you tell us a little bit of, um, tell us what you're working on now and if you can share and then what's also coming up next. Um, so right now I'm working on the second, I have a sports series right now, about four, um, sisters, they're all sports agents and they're saving their father's sports agency. So I already released the first one, which was about a hockey player or the sister had to recruit a hockey player. Um, and that was hard to handle, which came out in June. And then the one I'm working on right now is hard to hold. And it's about a soccer player, a premier league soccer player. And then the other two books will be about a football player and a baseball player. Um, there's my sports again. Um, and so those, that, that's what I'm writing right now. And that won't come out till December, but I have a book next month in, in the middle of the series. I just got this idea that wouldn't let go. And it's just a fun and flirty book about a almost 40 something year old woman. Um, it, the title is called flirting, uh, flirting with 40. And I just wanted a book for someone like my age where I'm like, Hey, all these books are about young, like, you know, early thirties, late twenties. I'm like, I want one about someone my age. Thank you. Um, and so, and it was during like the, I wrote it during like when the pandemic kind of broke out and I just thought everyone needs like something fun and uncomplicated and sweet and sexy. And so that's this book and it's um, coming out September 15th. So that's what I'm working on now. And I have it in audio. Um, Zach Weber and Emma Wilder is narrating it for me as we speak. Yeah. So for the, the Play Hard series, are you going to be changing yes. all the narrators per couple? Yes. Yeah, so I'm a, I, I think the male narrator, narrators, and we're still nailing it down, but I think the next one's possibly going to be Shane and Vanessa. And then we're looking at uh, Joe, Arden, possibly Jason Clark for the other two. And then we're still figuring out the females. Yeah, you get some good boys there. Yeah. And this is okay to share with the audience, right? It should be because I said we're looking at them. I, Shane, yeah. Shane and uh, yeah, because Shane and yes, Shane's already nailed down. So he's okay. a difficult one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. See, instead of difficult, I like to say that he's a little bit. He's very booked up <laughs> and not difficult. He's just popular. I shouldn't say. I should preface that he's a yeah, pain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean he's more. I he's just hard to. He's always booked. Yes. No, I know. I love giving him a hard time because there are some that are difficult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and sometimes they're just hard to, you know, to nail down. And I'm like, did you say yes to this email or not? So yeah. And Shane, he's such a sweetheart, but I love messing with him. So which is one of the reasons why I had him, you know, be part of, of the podcast to do the series is because he's so much fun and he has such a witty, um, you know, personality sometimes that you don't think of it being British, but sometimes the stuff that he comes up with him, I'm like, damn, I like, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. sarcasm, like, yes, totally. 
So that's cool. Yeah, Vanessa's awesome too. She is so good at her performance and such a sweet person. Yeah. I haven't worked with her before yet. So hopefully um, if she can't do the December book that she'll be able to do one of the next books in the series. Mm -hmm. So we have like a list of like four or five narr female narrators that we're trying mm -hmm. to get. So, well, thank you so much, Christy, for hanging out with us and taking the time to chat. It's been so much fun. And I love hearing all about these experiences that you've had. Well, thank you for having me. If you're not following Christy on Facebook, Twitter, and basically anywhere else that she's at, we've included all her links and information within the post on the website. So make sure you check that out over on Viviana Enchantress of Books. We have exciting news, listeners. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has a Patreon option. We hope you'll consider joining as a loving team member. Details can be found at patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Patreons will receive early access to episodes as well as exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and additional goodies. Please visit patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. A heartfelt thank you and shout out to our Audiobook Lovin' podcast patrons. Susie Vanderham, Michelle Sutton, Jim Kemp, Jen Franklin, Brittany Cunningham, Kimberly Reed, Leanne Schwartz, Danny Johnson, Christine Cox, Jenny Johnson, Mendy Summers, Cindy Pittman, Jennifer Graham, and Christy Reese. Thank you so much for your continued support. I truly greatly appreciate every one of you ladies. Thank you. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.